Hi, I'm Erica Keswin. Welcome to Left to Our Own Devices, a show that explores how to bring our human to work and to life. Because left to our own devices, we're not connecting. Today, my guests are Heidi Zach and Dave Spector, and they are the co-founders of Third Love. The husband and wife team left their jobs in 2012 after Heidi became passionate about offering women a better, perfectly fitting bra that made her feel confident. She was also tired of the impossible beauty standards being pushed by the industry. She and Dave brainstormed the idea during a trek to Everest Base Camp and have been on a relentless mission ever since. Today, Third Love is the third largest online bra and underwear company in America and has donated over $30 million of product to women in need. Prior to Third Love, Heidi was a marketing executive at Google and Dave focused on consumer internet and e-commerce investments as a partner at Sequoia Capital. They have been named EY Entrepreneurs of the Year, Goldman Sachs 100 Most Intriguing Entrepreneurs, and National Retail Federation's Disruptors. The couple has two young kids, and Heidi and Dave can be found chasing them around San Francisco in their free time. So hi, guys. So this is a podcast about the power of relationships, and you guys are really in the thick of it. You live together 24-7. You're not traveling, which I know has you know is usually a big part of your lives, both for business and for pleasure. And you're not just working side by side, like my husband and me, co-working, like most couples, you are actually running a company together and parenting two young kids together. On the one hand, I'm tempted to say, how's it going? But I want to start with, like, how was your morning this morning? Like, how? tell us what your schedule is and what kinds of fires you've already put out today. <laughs> well, I, I've really been enjoying some parts about shelter in place. So, you know, for example, not having like early morning meetings or breakfast meetings and things like that. So we get to get up, hang out with the kids. We do a bit of work and then we work out. And then we work again. And so, you know, we actually, this is a little bit ridiculous, I think. You'll think it's funny. We worked out side by side on the Peloton bike and treadmill at the same time this morning next to each other. So maybe we actually just like can't separate. I don't know what's wrong with us. And then, and then, and then ironically, just so you know what our life is like, I'm taking my bike shoes off. She's taking her running shoes off. And I'm asking her a question about our CFO. Oh my gosh. This is our life. That's right. Well, soon you'll be asking your daughter about the CFO, right? You're all under, under that <laughs> under that roof 24-7. Well, I was thinking about it. I don't know if you saw in the news where Jada Pinkett Smith recently said, you know, she's been married to Will Smith for 23 years, yet after being quarantined, she realized she didn't even know him at all. How have you found that? You did know each other? You learned new things about each other? I think for us, we're, we're probably like the under 1% here where we, because we've spent so much time together over the past eight years building this company and we have a lot of the same interests and we always have. So we were never the couple who kind of split on the weekends to go do different things. We generally would do activities together. And so we've always spent a lot of time together. I mean, this is a peak of it. Like I, I think we'll be happy when we can see other people and go do some things independently, but yeah. That's great. That's great. So I would love to talk about how you built your business and how you, you know, the podcast is about honoring relationships. So when you, when I think about, you know, both of you in the company, do you each focus on building different kinds of relationships within the business? You know, how, how does the work get, get split or certain things you work on together, internal versus external? 
as we've gotten larger, we've defined our roles increasingly so. In the early days of running a business, and this, I don't think we're any different than any normal co-founders should be. And I say should be because not all are like it, but companies that, that were angel investors in, one of the questions we sometimes ask is, do you guys live together? Do you live close together? Because it's really important. There's just not enough hours in the day to discuss everything that happened, every idea that you had, every person you interviewed. And so living together really helps you find the time to do that. Or commuting, commuting together, at least at minimum, allows you to find that time to do that. So I think that in the early days, we were all in we were doing everything together at the same time and everything was mixing and overlapping. We still sit next to each other, but there are certain areas of the business that are much more defined by what she runs and what, what I help oversee. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we're both of us are copied on a lot of different things, whether it's an email or whether it's a meeting. So there's still a lot of mixing of that. And I think it's actually a really big part of how we have succeeded in the business so far because of how we both think Sort of, it's, it's sort of like getting two brains working together on a problem mm -hmm. or, or creating a problem, by the way, too. <laughs> right, exactly. So I have been to your office and the very strong culture and an in-person culture. You know, I'm not sure what percentage of people were working remotely before this. I know you have a couple of different offices, but, you know, people were in the office when, when I visited. So how has it been with everybody working remote and, and what have been ways that you've been able to stay connected to your employees? Yeah, I think similar to a lot of companies, I think we've been shocked at how efficient and effective we've been over the past few months as a team, which is really exciting to see. I mean, certainly we're a physical product company. So you talk about samples and fitting garments on real women. I mean, that's our day in and day out. Our creative team, right, doing photo shoots and creating content, like all of that kind of got just set aside. But effectively, like our creative team, the amount of content they've been able to create remotely has been amazing. And so um, I think from a work perspective, meaning the, the creation of what we do every day, we've been really happy with that. I think in terms of the culture, that's been harder. I mean, I think we've been implementing a lot of different things that seem to be going well. I mean, one of the things we've been doing, we had a wellness week a few weeks ago. We did this before Google gave their like wellness day off where we did content every day. Collectively as a company, we took off um, a Wednesday and everyone went and did something for themselves. We've been doing, you know, remote happy hours with trivia and bra trivia and things like that. And just really trying to stay connected. But, you know, it can be exhausting. I think we all are over being on a screen all day and exuding that energy is exhausting. So trying to balance that mm -hmm. with our team, being like these things are optional. We'd love to see you, but you don't have to do it. Not everyone will want to do that all the time. And that's okay too. And having that right balance, not expecting everyone to show up for every virtual happy hour, right? Right. The challenge really has been so much of work certainly in this country, is bumping into people, the water cooler conversations, right? And whether it's about work or not about work, if it's not about work, it's that bonding, building a relationship with somebody about their personal life or what they did last night, or it is about work, or they're mixed together. And that kind of conversation, the impromptu, the bumping into somebody, the going over to their desk, is frankly a lot easier than scheduling something, a meeting, or having to Slack or email somebody. And I think the challenge that we face, like so many other companies, and we're adapting too, is how do we recreate that? 
how do we find a way for people just to pick up the phone, right? right. I mean, we all know that once we all got these uh, smartphones in our pockets, everyone changed from just picking up the phone and calling a friend out of the blue to texting them, hey, are you free right now? Can I have a conversation with you? And how do we go back to a world where you just pick up the phone like you would just randomly bump into somebody in the, in the kitchen? And I, and I think on that note, I think two things, you know, our teams and our leaders have been doing our, our daily, you know, daily stand up. So the idea that in the morning at whatever time everyone hops on, says hi, has a little bit of that chat and the banter that you would normally potentially have in person, maybe more one off, but doing that in a group form. I think that's been helpful. But certainly I think the downside is, and we just did it in an employee pulse feedback and we saw the people do miss two things, what Dave said, which I think is really important. It's the one-off. Oh, I just want to ask that one question, but I don't really want to have to do a hangout or Zoom somebody and they're not answering me on Slack. So there's those little things. And then there's the collaboration. Like it's very hard to brainstorm in this environment. It's just different. It doesn't feel the same. And so I think those are, especially as a creative company, when you're wanting to think of something new, it may be a little bit more difficult. So I think there's definitely a lot of amazing things that we've seen come from people being able to work from home, but there are some downsides too. A couple of things you said that really resonate, you know, first off the top of my head, I mean, maybe there's a way to almost create, you can call it the one-off, you know, something where if there's a subject line, you know, in an email or figuring out a way to signify to somebody that it's a one-off, which might prompt the person to get back to them really quickly. I don't know, just sort of came to me in that moment. What I hear you saying, again, when I think about bringing your human to work is about honoring relationships with your colleagues, with your boss, with your direct reports, with your customers, clients, and also with yourself. And so what I hear you saying as leaders is that you're giving people time, you know, the wellness day, you know, we value you taking care of yourselves, go take this day making sure, and this is really important right now, you know, in all the companies that I'm speaking with, is to let people know which of these meetings, these Zooms, these happy hours are optional and to really mean it because this pandemic is happening to all of us, but it's happening to all of us in different ways. And so you might have the individual contributor who's not on a big team craving that. And then you have somebody who is managing uh, teams and running different things, and they're on 12 of them. And so I can appreciate, and I think you guys are doing, you know, from what I'm seeing, you know, some great things. And then you learn and you retool and you continue to, to grow. I would also say if you can design something, come up with some crazy innovation about how to replicate the bumping into somebody at the water cooler, you might have a whole new business on your hand. <laughs> Not a bad idea. Right. Seriously. You know, the, the important thing, I've been really all over this within our team because I'm very concerned about our team in, in particular, but just the macro for mental health in this country and the number of people that are living alone, that, that haven't seen people in a long time, all of the unintended consequences of shelter in place. And obviously there's been, from a health perspective in COVID-19, there's been so many positives, but all of the indirect casualties of this are very scary. And so one of the important things that we conceived of with Wellness Wednesday and the day off was what you have to talk about on Thursday morning with your team. Your normal daily stand-up turns into a stand-up to talk about what you did the day before, Mm -hmm. right? And the commitment that everybody made, if we're giving you the day off, the commitment is you're not doing work and you're having a day for yourself. And if the day for yourself means catching up on Netflix, great. If it means playing with your kids, great. If it means time alone, 
awesome. But the important thing is that you're taking time for yourself to focus on your mental health. And that was what was really, really critical for us with the Wellness Wednesday. I actually think we're going to do it again, potentially in June for the team. And I'm really excited about the feedback that we received from it. On another point, Eric, one of the questions I have for you is what we do to onboard new people. We haven't even started tackling that yet because it makes sense right now. Everybody knows each other. They've built bonds. They've gone out for coffees with each other and lunches because they all work together in person. But what are we going to do when we have to onboard new people? What's your advice? Yeah. So have you onboarded anybody yet? Not during this? Not yet. No. All right. I'm going to give a short answer and then we can have a call to follow up just because I got to get to all my questions for you guys. But it's When in doubt, you start with your values. What are the values? And I know you have, they're not only on your walls, but they're in the halls. Like, how are you bringing those values to life? And so what I would do is map out the employee experience. So before the person, before their first day, who is their buddy? How is that person interacting with them? What is their first meeting like that morning? There's a virtual lunch for them you know, that afternoon. I mean, it's very scheduled and it's over communication and it's helping them, you know, go through the Slack channels and it's bringing these values to life so they know what it's like to work at Third Love. You know, maybe they're spending time with your customer service group and really rotating them around because they're not going to be able to be in that office doing it. And so that's where I start. And it's also thinking about, And this leads me to my next question, which is about rituals. Two things came to mind. You know, one, you don't always have to give everybody the full day off for Wellness Wednesday. And it could be something that you keep, you know, many people are telling me that they're starting rituals during COVID-19 that they want to bring back and creating rituals. But I also think it's important to maintain rituals during this time because rituals give us a sense of psychological safety and belonging. And it's what makes you, you. It's what makes third love, third love. So when you think about onboarding, you know, it might be tricky right now. I know you have Donut Tuesday and maybe you can talk about that as one of your rituals, but I would think about those rituals and build that into the onboarding process as well. It's a great idea. Well, Donut Tuesday started with my personal love of donuts and bringing them to our kids. We have people in China, we have people in South America, we have people, two different offices in California, somebody that works from Florida, somebody that works from New York, we have people all over the place. And the one thing that everybody can always bond over anywhere in the world is fried dough with sugar on it, (laughs) right? I actually have yet to find a culture that doesn't appreciate fried dough and sugar. Some form of that, right? And it's different everywhere. With that idea in mind, what we said was, what is the one thing that we can do to bring everybody together, especially some of our quality folks that work in factories in China? And it was important for us to bring them too, because we have have teammates here that don't work in production, that frankly, before we started Donut Tuesday, didn't even know that we had people in China. Oh my gosh, I love that. Yeah, it it was really cool to bring the company together. And so the first Tuesday of the month, the first Tuesday of every month, Every office buys donuts however they want to do it. And we start a thread over email because of the time zones. You can't do it sort of in real time. And everybody just replies with their photos from their office. Fun photos, holding up donuts, 
making, you know, putting your eye through a donut hole. I and mean, there's lots of different things that people have done. And so you start seeing these really fun, long email threads with the photos of members of the team showing off their donut and having fun with it. It's turned into kind of a little fun ritual. I would say that we are definitely going to continue it post this. It's been a little bit harder for people to access donuts when you're sheltering in place. No, for sure. <laughs> but one thing you could think about is because Donut Tuesday really is a part of your culture and, you know, how do you know if something is a ritual? People would really miss it when it's gone. And I'm sure it feels weird, right? All of a sudden, Donut Tuesday is gone. So let's say going back to your onboarding question, that all of a sudden somebody new is starting and they're having a virtual lunch with their team. Maybe there's a way to get five people donuts and show pictures and send them to everybody in the company with this new person. So all fun ideas to connect new people to your values and, and to your donuts. Or Erica, to your point, we have to create new rituals too that make sense in this new working environment. Well, and that's why I think Wellness Wednesday, while it's great to give everybody a full day off, but even two hours off, and I should have said earlier too, that making people, holding them accountable that they actually took that time because they're reporting back to their team the next day. And you know, you're also curating connection and conversation. You're like, oh, I wonder what that person did or that person, you know, again, what show are you watching on Netflix? All of those things are ways to build community when you can't, to your point, bump into people. Well, and I think the other important aspect was all, all of us doing it at the same time. Because, it, you know, when you take PTO or we had just switched to unlimited vacation this year, it's hard because the emails are still flowing, work still going on. You know, things are like kind of piling up for you. And so when everyone can take time off at the same time, whether that is a few hours or a full day, it's much more relaxing. Mm -hmm. And I really think mentally it helps to know everyone's taking the time off at the same time. But that is interesting to do it in shorter even like a half day here and there and do it potentially more often. The other thing for other companies, we almost make it seem too simple that we just gave people the day off. We have a, an amazing workforce in customer service, incredible people that work in shifts and it needs to be staffed. We can't not staff it. There are many more companies in this country that have the majority of their workforce that operate just like that, right? So it would be impossible to give this advice and, and not speak to the fact that we have this amazing other workforce that is very similar to the rest of the workforce in this country. So we're working on ways right now to do a wellness Wednesday that allows us to give parts of the day off to our team while still keeping our customer service live and, and on. You know, I'm thinking of grocery stores or other places today that incredible staff members could use time off themselves to pay time off, right? If you're being paid for it, right? thank you. We are forcing you to take two hours off right now. You need to do time for yourself. We're paying you for it for time for yourself. Right. So it's all on Wednesday, but it's staggered so that everybody can report back on Thursday, right? Or, or, or something um, staggered like that. Staggered or it's uh, well called Wellness Wednesday, but it's done on you know the Saturday morning shift when things are a little bit slower in the early hours or whatever. The whole premise is to give your teammates time off for themselves that is paid that forces them to do something for themselves, to report back and hold themselves accountable for doing that for mental health time. And I think it does work when it's not the whole company doing it together and you can do it staggered in shifts. So you can still keep your business operating. First and foremost, you know, have a going concern, keeping the business operating so people have their jobs. You could also have everybody take a selfie, have a new Slack channel, Wellness Wednesday, and have people post pictures. And again, all these ways to keep people connected. So overnight pretty much overnight, there's been this change from offline to online. 
I'd been to your store in New York. People aren't going into stores. I mean, how has this shift changed your relationship with customers? Or has it because you had that part of the business that was already working that way? I mean, what have you seen in terms of the relationships with customers? It's been, as, as I've said in other interviews, I think you're seeing today the shift from offline to online that might have taken three to five years occurring in six to 18 months or something like that, right? I just think people are really thankful to have options, right, that can work and make them feel safe, right? And also with a really high service level. In fact, today, um, every week I send out a weekly update on Monday morning to start off the week of highlights from the prior week. And we start off that email at the top is always a quote from a customer about one of our fit stylists, which Dave was just talking about. And this week, the one I sent out this morning was basically thanking one of our fit stylists named Amanda. And she said, I never knew that I could buy a bra online and have the kind of service level you guys provide. It was better than any in-store bra shopping experience I've had. She was a first-time customer. And so I think what we're really focused on as a company is making sure that women can have this really incredible, better experience experience than they have in a store and carry that through. We've been able to acquire certainly new customers over this time frame and hopefully will continue to do so. I think the world has changed. As I always say, bra shopping for a woman is not number one out of the list of 100 things she has to do. It's probably like 98, 99 in a good day, right? And now you add in, you know, just the current environment we're in even more so, she's likely to not want to have to go to a store. Those are some of the things we're thinking about, but it's really about providing that great customer experience from her website experience to our fit stylist, to the returns and exchange Mm -hmm. process, like all of those things, just making it really easy, right? Fortunately for us, because we were built as an online business, we were built as a data-driven business from ground up, instead of the vast majority of legacy businesses today that have pivoted in the last decade to having an online component to their business. We started from day one with online. We were set up for this moment in many ways, right? And I think what we so benefited from in this moment is the fact that women still need bras. They still need the products that we offer, there's a lot fewer competitors when you don't have stores. We were very well positioned with our brand, with the size range that we have, with the styles that we have, with our assortment, all these different things that we positioned ourselves for in this moment. And so when you couldn't go into a store, women who normally said to themselves, I would never buy a bra online, they finally were forced to have to change their Mm -hmm. behavior and give us a try. Right. And then as Heidi said, and I love the antidote, realize that it's actually a better experience. Our competition always was this behavior change, right? Behavior change is always very, very difficult. And so that behavior change, it's difficult. It takes time. It takes marketing dollars to get her to believe that she can get a better experience. And because of this pandemic, women were forced to have to change behavior and try this out and realize that what we offered was better. I was thinking, I think even when we first met, even just thinking about my own experience buying a bra or when I took my kids to buy bras before, you know, I was able to bring them down to the store or order them third love bras on online. I don't know anybody that says I loved my in-store bra buying experience with the dark lights and someone grabbing you and shoving you into a bra. It's interesting. I often talk about how do you find the sweet spot between tech and connect 
And it's one of the things I admire about Third Love, that there's this great technology and you're able to have different levels of connection, you know, with an actual human who can talk to you about certain things or you can leverage the technology. So I think sharing more of those anecdotes with the world to show that this is possible. So congratulations. It's great. Thank you. So I have one last question before just a couple of fun lightning round questions, which we, we can alternate between the two of you. So my final question, and I'd love for you each to answer it, is what do you do as a person that makes you feel most like you? Do you know your answer? I have a good, I have a good answer. Okay, go for it. He's like, I got it. <laughs> and Erica, this is a question sort of around things you do in your personal life. Anything. It can be anything. Anything that you do makes you feel most like Dave Spector. I'm very curious by nature. I used to get made fun of. I ask a lot of questions. And so kids used to call me Curious George. <laughs> I'm very into sort of exploring and seeing things that haven't been seen a lot before. And so I've always loved flying for many of those reasons. I also like the idea of perfecting and, and, and getting very, very good at something. The idea of being able to operate a, a piece of heavy machinery and doing it with, with such perfection is something that I enjoy. I am a pilot, you know, when I'm in the air, especially by myself without sort of a, a destination in mind. I use it for travel. I mean, it's a small single engine airplane, but, and I use it for, for business travel sometimes. LA, up north, we have an office in north of Sacramento. Places like that, that feels a little bit more sort of routine. But when I'm just doing it for fun or going over the barrier or, or over the Golden Gate Bridge, places like that, I, it, it's just such a wonderful feeling. Uh, and I certainly feel like me I love uh, that. doing that. Thank you. I think for me, I've always enjoyed challenges. And so athletic challenges are always something that I think gets me in my most focused, like on it mindset. And so not that I always enjoy it or enjoy getting on the treadmill or getting on the bike or doing whatever, but then you have these moments when you're working out, like the breakthrough moments, right? Where you don't want to do it, but you do it. And there's that sense of accomplishment and the high that comes right. from crossing that threshold. And to me, those moments, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm strong. Like I can do anything. And that like fuels who I am as a person, both for family and business. And so I think without that, I wouldn't be as sane in who I am without doing that kind of on a regular basis. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it's that way you get the endorphin rush and it, it has a physiological response in your body also from that. Yeah. I love that. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. <laughs> on to the lightning round. Quick answers. Okay. Most creative time, if you had to pick one in the day, Heidi, midnight or 6 a.m.? 6 a.m. Dave, guilty pleasure, sweet or savory? Sweet. Heidi, favorite karaoke song? Something Guns N' Roses. Nice. Dave, last show binged on Netflix? Tiger King. And for both of you, what is the first thing you'll do when you get out of quarantine? I'm going to fly. You're definitely not going to fly. <laughs> I, I am like him, don't <laughs> like flying little planes or being in them. So um, you will not be coming So I will me. not be doing that with him. We can have some alone time. I think just really going to a restaurant and someone's serving me meal. I've been cooking so much. I cook dinner every night yep. and I've been enjoying that and I like to cook, but man, just like, then we get takeout at all our favorite restaurants in San Francisco to continue to support them. But I'm talking about service at a restaurant. Yeah, I think so. All right. Well, hopefully that will happen soon. And it was so great 
speaking with both of you. Thanks so much for being here. The first season of Left to Our Own Devices, the quarantine edition. (laughs) Thanks for having us. Lots of fun as always. Thanks so much, Erica. Bye, guys. Take care. Thank you for tuning in this week to Left to Our Own Devices. If you enjoyed what you heard, please rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. If you want to receive my monthly newsletter, text the word HUMAN to 66866, or you can connect with me by email at erica at spaghettiproject.com. Stay safe, stay connected, and I'll see you next time.